0: Amen. We're going to ask everyone to make your way back to your seats when you can. But I just want to start off telling you something that happened to me today. When I came in, somebody came to me and said, I need prayer for my hearing. So I said, well, come in the back room. So I took my hands. I put my hands over their ears. I was praying for like 15 minutes. After I said, After that, I said, How's your hearing now? He said, I don't know. I don't have to be in court until Tuesday. True story, Pastor George. Plus, I'm getting mad old. This week, I'm going to be 65 already. That's old. That's so old that the candles are going to cost more than the cake. That's old, right? When someone asked me for my birth certificate, I handed them a rock. Okay, that's the end of that because Pastor George is giving me looks back there. So I'm going to go to. um, Pastor George has been preaching. ...through the book of Ephesians, and he finished, um, I guess it was two weeks ago, but he left out the last little verse here. I didn't get a chance to get to it. So I'm going to finish off your series today, during that last little verse. So I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 6, verse 23. It says, Peace to the brothers and sisters and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. How many of you today love the Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love? Then you're the one to receive the grace of God. Grace is, a free, is free and unearned favor, forgiveness, and love of God. You don't deserve it, but God loves you. You've been messing up, but when you come to God, he wipes it away. He forgives you. When, when we turn to God and confess our sins, he's faithful and, and he cleanses us. That's the grace of God. And as Pastor George read back in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 9, there is no partiality with God. In Acts 10, 34, it says, God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you love them, you can receive grace. There's forgiveness for you today. There's power for you to overcome today. It doesn't matter where you've come from, who you are, how much money you have. But because God does not play favorites. So I want to go to the Old Testament and illustrate that with a story. I'm going to go to Genesis chapter 16. And it's a story about... uh, Um, a couple named Abraham and Sarah. But I'm not going to focus so much. There's so much you could get out of Genesis 16, just from the promise to Abraham and how they didn't believe. But I'm not going to focus so much on that. See, Abraham was promised a son by God through his wife Sarah. Sarah. The only problem was Sarah was past her childbearing years. She was too old to have children. It would take a miracle. But how many of you know God is in the miracle business? (laughs) If you need something impossible today, nothing is too hard for God. The problem was that years went by and Sarah still wasn't pregnant. And so they began to doubt God's promise. And they came up with their own plan, plan B. You know, plan B never works. God's plan is the only plan. It's about being in the center of God's will, not what he might allow us to do. And Sarah had an Egyptian slave girl named Hagar. So Sarah came up with this dumb plan She told Abraham, I I don't think God's going to come through with his promise. So you go instead to Hagar, the slave girl, and you have a baby with her instead. And in those days, in ancient times, it was legal for slave owners to have a baby with a slave and then take the baby away and raise it as their own. Where, where the slave girl would become a surrogate mother, but without choice. And Abraham was dumb enough to go along with her plan. How many of you think that plan was going to work out? Go, go have a kid with the slave girl. That, that thing was doomed from the beginning. But see, there's no perfect people in the Bible except Jesus. Even Abraham, the father of faith, who, who's so, so lifted up as a hero, he, he messed up a bunch of times. So I hope for, that means there's hope for us. So over time, Hagar, the slave, she became pregnant with the son. And the next thing you know, there was a big family feud going on. Hagar, the slave girl, she became arrogant And Sarah mistreated her, and Abraham stayed out of it. He said, I'm not getting in the middle of these two angry women. How many of you men would have stayed out of it, too? (laughs) I'm old enough, I don't get in trouble no matter what I say. So Hagar, she became arrogant. Sarah mistreated her. And and so Abraham, as I said, he stayed out of it. And she ran away alone into the desert. The thing with Hagar, she had no real chance at life. She was a slave, a woman, and a foreigner, and in that culture, that meant you were nothing. You didn't exist. There were no records of you. You were nobody. You had no rights. She was alone in the desert, and nobody cared, including the 86-year-old baby daddy. Abraham and Sarah, they never called her by name. They just said, oh, the slave, that slave girl. She was an outcast in her society who was pregnant, hurt, wounded, and displaced. She had nowhere to go, no one to help her, and she sat all alone in the desert. Nobody cared. She could have screamed all day. They would have, oh, you're just a nothing. You're a nobody. I'm not going to stop to help you. But suddenly, the angel of the Lord appeared to her. Now, most scholars believe that in the Old Testament, when it talks about the, the angel of the Lord, that it's an appearance of Jesus himself appearing to people before coming to earth as a man in the New Testament. In other words, God himself appeared to her in the desert. See, and that's the grace of God. When people have rejected you, labeled you as a failure, when you feel broken and overlooked by the grace of God, he's still with you. You see, because of grace, you are not defined by your past or your worst failure or your social status or how your ex or an employer has treated you. That's not who you are by the grace of God. I am redefined by God. My new identity comes from Him, and I am never alone doesn't matter if I feel alone, if I've been abandoned. I need help and nobody shows up. The God who is there, the angel of the Lord cried out to her, Hagar, you see, Sarah, her master, and Abraham, they just said, hey, slave girl, come here. They didn't even know her name. But God, he knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows you intimately. He knows where you are. He, when everyone else forgot about you, that's the time when he shows up. In Genesis fifteen eleven, it said, The angel of the Lord said to Hagar, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You will name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. The name Ishmael means God hears. He hears your cries. He hears your suffering. He knows your tears. When you pray, he hears you. That's why you need to be here on Wednesday night. There's power in your prayers. His ear, the Bible says, is turned towards you, listening for your cry. Your parents, you teach your kids that when they're in trouble to call upon the name of the Lord because he hears. He hears your cry. Verse 13. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one you've, who sees me. See, maybe today you feel invisible. You feel, you feel abandoned. Nobody can see you like nobody knows you. But God, not only does he hear, but he sees you. And here this slave girl actually named God, the God who sees me. And today, if you go in the Christian bookstores and you buy a list of the names of God, one of the names of God was given by this slave girl, El Roe, the God who sees me. Isn't that good to know that you're not invisible? That the creator of the universe is near you. He sees your hurt. He sees the injustices done against you. He sees all the obstacles you face. And he is on your side. God told her, go back to Abraham and Sarah. Go back to the home where you're having conflict and trouble. You see, sometimes God will tell you to stay in a difficult job because for this season, that's where he's going to provide for you. For this season, that's the way that he's going to launch you into your new season. Sometimes God will tell you not to run away from a church because you had a conflict with someone or to leave a relationship after you had an argument. Sometimes God will tell you to go back because there's still something that has to be done. But this time, Hagar went back to the house with a promise and a purpose. Genesis in. In verse 15 of Genesis, Genesis 16, it says, She went back and she bore the son named Ishmael. Now I'm going to fast forward in time to chapter 21. Where Ishmael, he grew up in Abraham and Sarah's house. And they treated him as their son. He, they treated him as special. He was the son of promise. But suddenly Sarah became pregnant and had her own son named Isaac. That's where family feud number two broke out. (laughs) I've seen that happen in blended families. Parents, be careful how you treat each other's children. They need to all feel special. Because Ishmael saw He was a young child, and he saw that he lost the love of of Sarah and Abraham. He saw he wasn't special anymore, that Isaac was getting all the attention. And the scripture said that Ishmael began to mock Isaac, his brother. He began to make fun of him. So Sarah, she got upset. She told Abraham, Genesis 21.8, Get rid of that slave woman and her son. So in Genesis twenty-one fourteen it says, Abraham got up early the next morning, prepared food and a container of water, strapped them on Hagar's shoulders, then he sent them away with their son, And she wandered aimlessly in the wilderness of Bathsheba. His wife said, get rid of her. He took a bottle of water, a little bit of food, kicked her out, and said, you're on your own. I've seen that happen today where where men not paying child support. I've had to deal with a lot of single mothers struggling. Because just like Abraham, yeah, just go make it on your own. So she went back into the desert, and when she ran out of water, she put the boy Ishmael, laid her under a bush, and she sat down and, walked and cried. She began to weep because now she was in a no-win, hopeless situation. Nowhere to go. And this time she had a child with her back in the desert. The same cycle, the same cycle of abuse, the same thing over and over happening in her life. A single mother, once again abandoned, feeling alone, lost, helpless, and ready to give up on life. But I thank God for Psalm 34:18 that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're hurting today, see, this isn't just for single mothers. I spent plenty of nights waking up at 3 in the morning, feeling alone, bewildered, shaken, but God is near the brokenhearted. If you're crushed in spirit today, God is here for you. He's near you. The scripture says He catches your tears in a bottle and He writes them in His book. He keeps track of your tears. That's how much He loves you. Is there anyone else in your life that counts your tears? that knows how many hairs you have on your head. See, that's the grace of God. So much greater than the love of any person. Genesis 21, 17. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of the Lord, again, that's God himself, he called to Hagar from heaven, Hey God, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him. I will make a great nation from his descendants. There was the boy himself crying. All he could see was his mother crying. All he knows is that everything was good and now he's been abandoned. The father was gone. And he just sat down and he wept. And, and God said, I've, I've heard the cries of your child. For all the parents here. Isn't that good to know that God is with your children? That when they're in trouble, when they cry, that he's there, that he sees? And not only does he see, he shows up. And God told Hagar, do not be, the, be afraid. Go to him and comfort him, for I will make a great nation from his descendants. Maybe right now everything doesn't look too good. But you have the promises of God by his grace. You don't deserve it. You didn't earn it. Nobody on earth, maybe, would give it to you. But God has a promise and a destiny for you, for the next generations, for your grandchildren. Wherever you are right now, whatever the situation you're living in, it doesn't define your future. Then God opened Hagar's eyes. See, she was thirsty. All the water was gone. She, she was just ready to die. And it says God opened her eyes and she saw a well full of water. And she filled her container and gave the boy a drink. See, there's argument. Where did this well come from? Was it already there and she didn't see it? Or did God create a well in the right there in the desert? I, I have no idea. All I know is that the promise is: if you're going through the desert today, there's a well of water for you. And the Scripture says, in the see, in the Old Testament, it's water that disappears. But in the New Testament, there's a living well that springs up, and it's gives you life. It gives you peace. There's joy in that well. When you're alone, there's a well. When you don't have enough, when you can't pay your bills, just look. Look, there's the provision of God. God is there. Whatever you have need of, he just cry out to him. We don't give up, run out of church, run away from God. Oh, pastor, I won't be here for the next few months. I got a lot of problems I got to deal with. If I had a quarter for every time I heard that one. You got a lot of problems. You better be right here worshiping and crying out to God. She couldn't solve her own problems. She couldn't figure out how to get out of the desert. But God heard her cry. It's God. <laughs> Whatever mess you're in, maybe you made your own mess. Maybe you dug a hole and you fell in. You call out to God and you turn your life to him. And he'll reach in and he'll pull you out. <laughs> See, that's grace. Grace. I've given this testimony before, but when my daughter was a little girl, about five or six, I was going through the worst time in my whole life up to then, and I was walking with her down the street, and all of a sudden I stopped. I said, that's it, I give up, I can't go anymore, I'm just going to stand here, let life pass me by, that's it, I'm done. And all of a sudden, my daughter, she pulled my hand and said, let's go, and I got started again. That's the grace of God, when you can't take one more step, when the gates of hell are pressed in against you. You cry out, and the grace of God will show up and make you one more hour. Sometimes it's one more second. I'm going to be honest with you. There's days and times when I'm trying to figure out how to get through one more minute. But God always shows up. There's always the well of God. The provision of heaven is in place for your life. That well in the desert. See, the desert is symbolic also of being in a dry place in your life where nothing's happening. There's no refreshing. It's always a battle. Anybody ever been in the desert? Well, that's where God chose to put that well. Right in the middle of your desert. You just begin to wake up. When you wake up at 2, 3 in the morning, worried and fearful, you get up and you just begin to worship him. And you'll see that well right next to you, the well of refreshing, a well of his presence. And in verse 20, and God was with the boy as he grew up, and he became a mighty archer. God came into that situation, into that boy who had no chance. The son of a slave girl, no influence, didn't know anybody, living in the desert. But it says, God was with him, and he became a mighty warrior, a mighty hunter. See, God will do great things in your life. That's why the scripture says, don't despise the day of small beginnings. I think I heard the word, I heard Lee say that the other day. That's true. No matter where you're at right now, God will release his greatness into your life. God has a plan and a future, but you can't run. God is looking for those who will take a stand. He's looking for fathers who will stand with their children. He's looking for, for Christians, mighty warriors, who will stand for him. We will not back up. We won't run away. We won't turn to the left or to the right. Do We have some mighty warriors here today. I'm going to ask Emily to come up because, and she's going to give a testimony. She, as as a single mother. Good
1: morning, George and God bless. I'm standing here with a mask, which you'll understand in a moment why, so be a little patient. My name is Emily Arias. I've been here at TSF for about four years with my brother and my sisters. I am part of the Emerge Women Ministry, and I have to say yesterday was such a blessing. Amen. And since I've been at TSF, I've been filled with God's love and most of all, his word. This morning, I'm going to share a testimony about being a single mom. I sat and thought, God, so many I can share. Like struggle to make sure we have food on the table, a roof over our head, or clothes on our backs. But as I sat thinking and praying, I said, God... What do you want me to share? What testimony do you want your church to hear? And so he whispered in my ear, the story of you and your son. I was married for four years to an alcoholic and an emotionally abusive man. But 27 years ago, I wanted to get pregnant. Yes, I'm not as young as I look. Because I thought it would bring a bundle of joy where where there's none. I wanted to have somebody to love unconditionally, and I wanted them to love me back. So God blessed me with a daughter, which brought us both joy in the moments that he was sober. But then I got pregnant again. It wasn't planned by us, but by God. When I told my husband, he refused to accept it. He didn't want to be a part of this child. I didn't know his reasons, but he gave me an ultimatum, either the child or him. We argued for three months about not having this child. The list of arguments were, how can you do this to me? How can you have your daughter be raised with no dad? Or you're not gonna find anybody to love you with two kids. I thought to myself, how dare you? You don't deserve to be part of this joy. So after three months, I asked him to leave. Here I was with a one-year-old and pregnant. But God was there. He helped me through the six months to stay strong. As I was always worried that something was going to happen to us or the baby. But God was there. And on April 29th, 1994, I was in the hospital getting ready to give birth. The doctor walks in to give me an epidural. He tells me, lean over and don't move. I lean forward with tears rolling down my, eye, my face, thinking, God, how am I going to do this on my own? The nurse grabs my hands and says, hold on. When I held on, God was there. And I gave birth to a healthy baby boy with my sister by my side. His father, still angry and refusing to be his dad, would often call and insult me. When I would hang up, I would wonder, how can a father not want to be a part of his children's life, especially a boy? But God was there. And he told me, don't worry. I love you, I love your kids, and your kids love you. Then one night I was on my bed crying Holding my son Because I didn't know how I was going to feed him Because he was down to his last can of food My daughter Only a year and a half old Walks in and says Mommy don't cry Everything okay God was there The next day he provided Then I started going back to church And growing my relationship with God And one day God spoke to me saying Forgive him look what I went through, not only for you, but for him, forgive him and show him my love through your forgiveness. As hard as this was, I picked up the phone and I told him, I forgive you. And I pray that your kids will have a loving relationship with you one day. When I hung up, God was there. Now I stand here to tell you, both my kids are college graduates and they both have a loving relationship with their father. Only, only because God was there. John eleven thirty five, 35, the shortest verse in the Bible, and yet the most profound, Jesus wept. That takes place as Lazarus' grave. Church, what I'm saying today is that He is there at your darkest moments. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. He knows your desperation. You are special to him, and he is telling you, I am here.
0: Amen. As I was preparing this, my heart really felt for the single mothers. So I just want to honor you right now. I'm going to ask all the single mothers if you could just come up here right now. You don't have to say anything or do anything. But if you could just come up, maybe, Lee, if you could help me. With... Even if you Even if your your kids are grown already, just come up and spread out. If you raised your kids alone, maybe they're already adult. And I asked Lee just to sing this song over you today. Before you do that, I want them to know they're not alone. I'm going to ask other women, whether you're on the prayer team or not, if you could just come up and just stand with one of these women. Because nobody here is alone. So I'm calling forth women. Here's your chance to minister today. Just come and stand with one of these women.
2: want to make sure all our women are covered in prayer. so if you can come up, if you're sitting in your seat and you want to pray over one of these precious women, please. We have some women here that need to be covered in prayer. If you've ever prayed in this church, why don't you come up?
1: This is the moment. Amen.
2: Jesus. We worship you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You call me as your own. You amaze me, redeem me. You call me as your own. You amaze me, redeem me. You call me as your own. You're my strength. You're my defender you're my refuge in the storm through these trials you've always been faithful
0: I'm going to ask the worship team to come. I also want to pray today for those who can identify with Ishmael. Maybe maybe you grew up feeling alone. Maybe you were abandoned by a father, kicked out by a family. You never really felt accepted. just want to pray for you right now. So I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And if that's you, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. You don't have to come up here. But if you're saying, I can identify with Ishmael. Growing up, I've, there are times I felt alone, unloved. Father, we thank you today, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for all those here, Lord God. Father, those who have felt abandoned, Lord God, and been abandoned. Those who never really received the love of a father, Lord God. Those who lay in bed at night crying without hope. I I just, I just release over you the God who sees in Jesus' name. I speak to that place of hurt right now. I speak to that place of rejection. And I decree and declare over you the grace of God. And I declare over you that you are mighty in God, that you are beautiful. I break off every word spoken over you. Oh, if you were a better person, I wouldn't have left you. It was all your fault. You're not good enough. Everyone who told you you're ugly, you're stupid, you're a failure. I break that right now in Jesus' name. You are not a failure. If you have Jesus in you, nothing can stop you. There's no force in hell that can prevail against you. Like Ishmael, he grew up and he became a great nation. All those Arab nations today, all descended from Ishmael. I just speak blessing over you. I release the Father's blessing. In fact, he didn't didn't know, but I'm going to ask Pastor George if you could come. I just feel there's a lot of empty places just to release the blessing. There's a lot of people here. They never really heard the blessing of a father. Some of them, some there people here never even knew their father.
3: Amen, amen. I just stand in the place of a father and I just receive you today. I ask for your forgiveness for where I haven't been there. And I ask for you for your forgiveness. I give you the apology that you never received. The apology, the acknowledgement that you've always looked for and never got. And I just stand broken before you. As the Father, I just extend my love to you. I just tell you how amazing you are, how incredible you are that you've made it even without me. That you've made it without my blessing, that you've made it without my uh, support, without my encouragement, without my backing, without my uh, strength, without my finances, without my vision, without my protection. And I just stand in that place and I just bless you today. From your Father in heaven, I just extend the Father's blessing to you the Father's provision to you, the Father's protection. And I just tell you how proud I am and how much I love you. I love you. I love you. God loves you. We just receive his love right now. Let his love just fill you right now to the point where it washes out your rejection and it washes out your insecurity. Father, let your love fill them with security today. I need need someone to receive today that they're secure in Christ. You're no longer insecure, you're secure in Christ. We're not just speaking to the women today. We're speaking to men. There's a lot of broken boys today walking around in men's clothes. And I speak to the broken boys, 50, 60, 70 years old. Be secure today in Christ. Be secure today in the Father's love. You can stand whole today, complete today regardless of what you never got, regardless of what you never received, be full today. Be blessed today. I thank you and celebrate you for being able to give what you didn't get, for being able to give out what you never received. Amen. Amen. We celebrate you today. Amen. Amen. Men and women of valor, be secure today in Christ. Amen.
0: Ah. Oh. Amen. I wasn't going to do this, but if anybody feels that you want someone to pray for you as we worship, you could just come forward now. And we'll have people up here to to pray for you, to pray that your heart would be healed today in Jesus' name.
4: Hallelujah. Amen. I want to sing this song over you been really debating what we should title this song. Should it be Emmanuel? Here I am. It can even be Hagar's song. But I want to call it your song today. i I am trusting And I'm still believing The promises I'm keeping Written on my heart Through this valley I will not be shaken And I will not be broken I will overcome 'Cause season, I will praise you. Your spirit fills me. In my darkness, you find me. Your presence heals me. Every season, I will praise you. Your spirit fills me. Fills me. Under the safety of your wings, Lord. In the shadow of the Almighty, we find refuge in you, Lord. We run after you, O God. Where we find you, Lord. Father, you said there's rest for the weary. And you said, Father, if we thirsty, we could find drink, Lord. you said if you were hungry Lord you would provide so father we thank you Lord that you meet our every need physical and emotional oh God and we thank you Lord that we are not alone but you have called us your sons and your daughters oh God and we have we are royalty here today, oh God. You are royalty here today. If you are a son and a daughter of the Most High, no matter what your upbringing was, no matter if you had a father, if you had a mother, you are royalty. You are His. You've always belonged to Him. He's never left you, but He's been with you this far. And He has brought you here today for you to hear this message you are not alone, but I am with you. Emmanuel, God is with us. You are blessed to be a blessing. Have a wonderful week. Walk strong and courageous.